speaking of working, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. We're starting to see new um, framework set up in different businesses. You know, if you're if you've worked an office job for a long time, you know um, the pandemic has really changed things. A lot of people you weren't allowed to go to the office for a while. A lot of people work from home. Uh, some people had you know one day in, one day out. All kinds of different things have been set up, but. This isn't brand new. We've had these work from home arrangements uh, in some cases on a much smaller scale going back, you know, decades now. Um, But it really ramped up during the pandemic. And I think it sort of set the tone for the way things are going to be in the future. It's not going away. Um, So what do we need to know about how to make this work and not have it turn into an absolute disaster? Because as I say, it's been around before. We can learn from previous experience. Joining us to talk about that is Elena Mitchell, an associate professor and chair of information management and business analytics at Drake University. Elena, thanks so much for your time this morning. Appreciate you joining us. Good morning, Shay. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so when we talk about this remote working arrangement, you know, it's not, it's brand new to a lot of people, but it's not brand new, right? We've been actually doing this since what, back in the 80s kind of a thing, right? Yeah, it's it's been a long time, um, and I but I would say there's definitely been, you know, sort of an unprecedented adoption yeah. of this this way of work um, because of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. The pandemic has completely made it, you know, commonplace and and pretty much the way of the world right now. So when we take a look at this and, and where we are, is that just a paradigm shift? Do you think on a massive scale in so many different people all of a sudden realizing, okay, wait a minute. Uh, maybe the way we've been doing things isn't the only way to do things, and now they're seeing a, a new approach that seems to be working in some cases, at least? Yeah, it's been really interesting to kind of observe. I would say pre-pandemic, I would talk, you know, anecdotally to managers, and they would have sort of a resistance to employees working from home and sort of a fear that, you know, nothing would get done and, and we would never we'd lose all our great ideas. Yeah. Um, and I think that what's happened over the course of this time is people have seen, like, we can still be productive in this way. Yeah, I mean, definitely. We've, we've learned that some people actually report being more productive, right? There are some definite pluses that people are reporting to the work-from-home arrangement. Yes, for sure. And, and some of our work we've seen, you know, absolutely people are reporting more productivity. There's probably, you know, a harder separation of work home happening and people are working maybe even more than they would have before, but also they're not spending any of that time in meetings or, or, you know, moving from one place to another place. It's just a lot more just working. But there are downsides too. For some people, it's really tough. I mean, they, they really crave that. I guess it's social interaction, which maybe shouldn't be the primary reason for going to a workplace, but there is that, that element of being together, the team all being there. You can wander down the hall and have a chat. Um, there are some pluses to having people in the workplace too. Yeah, I think it's really, you know, you have to be really intentional about the the time that's happening face to face. You want to make sure that, you know, you have prioritized sort of that synchronous communication and connection. It's important for the culture. Um, it's important for the development of, of colleagues work relationships and, and, and creativity and brainstorming and all of that stuff. You know, the water cooler conversations, mm-hmm. a lot of times those result in good ideas and, and that's not happening. So it seems like for a lot of people, you know, and I was reading about LinkedIn was talking about, um, you know, uh, one in eight jobs on that platform now mentions remote work in some capacity, many of them hybrid. So it looks like that's the way of the future going forward, at least in workplaces that can accommodate it. But it looks like a hybrid model, right? Where you're sort of doing some of both. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's 
Yeah, I certainly think that, you know, the exposure to remote work over the course of pandemic, you know, love it or hate it, people saw what they could do with it and what could be done. And so I think moving forward, there are the benefits that, you know, organizations, employees, everyone's going to want to continue to take advantage of. So a hybrid solution, you know, can allow for that flexibility, but also the continued face-to-face um, interactions. So it could be a a good move towards the future. And maybe it would have always happened, but the pandemic certainly pushed us there. Sure. Yeah, I think you're right. I I think, you know, we're starting to see some of the reasons why eventually it would have happened. But like you say, it was just accelerated exponentially. Um, what, what, What have we learned about how to make sure that it's successful? What do we need to avoid in setting up a work from home or a hybrid situation? I mean, what are some of the risks that businesses and employees can encounter? Yeah, communication is really important. You want to make sure that, you know, whatever the policies are going to be, that the communication and the messaging is going out the same to people, whether they're at home or whether they're in the office, and that's the same. The other thing that you have to be really careful about is what we call fault lines. Sometimes you'll have fault lines established based on, you know, this group of people is in the office and this group is is working remotely. And so you want to make sure that you're not sort of creating subgroups or divisions among the different parties. Um, those are both kind of important things. Um, and in terms of opportunity, uh, you know, if you're an employer and you're thinking, okay, how am I going to make this work? Because we know it's tough to find employees in some cases right now. Um, what do they need to be aware of? What are employees looking for? Flexibility, I guess, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, flexibility. I think the other thing to think about there, you know, from the organizational perspective, there's a lot of value in the hybrid approach. You can, you can have a smaller office space and, and therefore less cost. That's one of the highest cost, highest yes. budget items is the office space. So you can have a smaller workspace, but you also have to think about, are you accommodating those remote work workspaces as well? Are you paying for, you know, desktops and laptops mm-hmm. at home and internet? And how are you, how are you arranging that? Security also becomes incredibly important because if you have those devices outside of your office, it's much harder to make sure that they've been set up securely. Um, or maybe multiple people are using them uh, when they're not in the office space, yes. right? So that's another kind of organizational consideration. You mentioned meetings, and I know for a lot of people who work in an office environment, meetings are sort of the bane of their existence and seem like a giant time waster. And, uh, and um, I, I've seen some instances where you can have more meetings on Zoom because people feel more driven to stay connected, and that's how they do it. They have Zoom meetings or remote meetings. So where do you think meetings are going to fit into this? And that's something people need to be aware of, right? That's an important thing to a lot of people. Yeah, I you know, good meeting planning is something that I really have so many things to say about um, because so many people spend a, lo- a large chunk of their day in meetings, right? And that's yeah. the time that they're not productive. And I think that that's one of the you know, key things that makes remote work more attractive is that maybe there's less meeting time. But also what's happening is everybody's being invited to every meeting. Because it's a Zoom meeting and you can just get on. And that's not what we need anyways. We want to make sure we're inviting the people who need to be be there. And we have a goal for why they're all brought together. Um, And so being really intentional about the meeting planning is really important. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, We've all been in those meetings for sure. Um, Alina, thanks so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me on. You bet. That's Elena Mitchell, who is an associate professor and chair of information management and business analytics at Drake University. Some of your texts, um, you know, working remotely may keep people safer. This is from Jay. Uh, But it's ultimately detrimental for a business. When everyone is working remotely, or there are very few people together at the office, you lose much of your ability to pool your associates' talents and skills 
in an effort to solve problems. It makes it much more difficult to do this remotely and destroys much of the employee's ability to be creative and build off each other's good ideas. And you're right, Jay, that's definitely a downside to this. Um, you know, and the guest mentioned that. 